just our real estate episode number 322. And I, I wasn't really sure exactly what to do, but I knew uh, I buy it, I fix it, I sell it, and there's a profit in there. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I am super excited to have you today. I just, I'm really excited that you took the time to be here and listen to this podcast. There's an awful lot of choices out there. And the fact that you're here with me today is very cool. And I'm excited to dive into my interview today because it's a good one. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. This is really good content. I mean, just buckle up and get ready for a good one. Before we get started though, I wanna talk about a company that I am super excited about. This is like the greatest find of the 21st century in my business. Uh, these guys have been respon directly responsible for a real spike in, in my sales and my bottom line. The company I'm talking about it is uh, AdWords Nerds, and these guys are awesome. Dan Barrett runs the company, and just a super cool guy. I mean, I, I think we're almost like, I, I think we're friends. I hope we're friends. We're getting to be friends. He is helping me just explode my business. These guys are the only fully certified Google partners that work expressly and exclusively with real estate investors like you and me. Um, the, it's just, they're, they're amazing. They're a proprietary in-house AdWords system and they work just with real estate guys, you know, like, like we are. And I can tell you from my business, I, uh, I'm working with Dan and, and I basically have hired him to help me find motivated sellers in my market, right? When people type in, sell my house fast or whatever, uh, it's Dan's job to make sure that my website comes up on top. And let me tell you, they do. Month one, we we it was directly responsible for tens of thousands of dollars worth of business in my company. Month one, they're an A plus rated Better Business Bureau company, and it's just they're a hundred percent transparent, super client focused. I mean, Dan is like the best guy ever, and I'm telling you, the results are nothing short of amazing. They don't lock you into a long term contract; it's month to month, so you're free to leave at any time, and exclusively for you guys, my listeners. They will give you an hour of coaching time, which is normally $297. That's what they charge for an hour of consultation. They are going to give you that for free. You cannot, you, you can't not do that. Go check them out, guys. It's adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or you can go to juststartrealestate.com on the right-hand side, click on the AdWords Nerds banner. It'll take you to their site. You'll get that exclusive hour of, of coaching time and consultation absolutely free. I know once you talk to these guys, you are going to decide just like I did. You have to have this in your business, guys. People are searching the internet, looking for you more and more every single day. And if you're not there for them, they're going to go to the guy who is hiring Dan to run their AdWords campaign. You don't want to lose out on that business. You certainly don't want to miss out on the opportunity to explode your business like I have. Go check them out, adwordsnerds.com forward slash Mike, or go to Just Our Real Estate, click on the AdWords Nerds banner. They'll take you right there. You are going to thank me. Okay, let's get into the show. 
All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you tuning in as always. And I'm excited to have the guest uh, that I have today because I just met him not that long ago, about a week ago actually now. And we met at a, a very high level mastermind that we're both involved in. A lot of great investors from around the world or around the country, really. And, uh, and Bill was one of them, and I, and I was excited to talk to him, and he really impressed me as someone that I, I feel like I need to get to know better and, and learn from, because he really is a smart guy. So uh, I have on the phone today Bill Allen, and uh, Bill is an investor in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, he also has some other cool uh, things about him and things that he does for a living that we'll talk about a little bit, but he is a house flipper down there in Florida and uh, just doing some great stuff, and just because I spent uh, three days with him, like locked in a room for eight hours. I, I just know this guy is quality and I couldn't wait to bring him on the show and, and share him with you guys, my audience. So Bill, thanks again for taking time out. I know you have a busy day and I appreciate you cutting into it to talk to me. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. I feel like I've finally reached celebrity status and I'm on a podcast. So. <laughs> well, well, you are a celebrity in my world because you're you're just kicking butt and I, I love I love everything you're doing. And, you know, one of the things that it sort of like came out of this mastermind and, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit, but we don't you know, there's it's a it's a high level and an expensive mastermind. So there's sort of well, more than just a gentleman's agreement. There was literally a non-disclosure. So we can't talk a lot about it, but it's just a room full of people people who have super high goals and are doing great stuff already and it's just high level sharing of information and strategies and and uh, and Bill was part of that and you know out of that week it was like there were some themes with people and things that they needed to do and, and I know this kind of probably embarrasses you but one of the things that was constantly said was it, it was sort of a, a commonly agreed upon by everyone that Bill was probably the smartest guy in the room so it's it's really exciting for me to 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 have you on the show and to pick your brain and just kind of be involved with you on that level. So, man, I, I I had a blast getting to know you. It was a lot of fun that week. Yeah, I had a great time too. And in fact, uh, everyone in that room impressed me from from the guy who had the least experience to the people that had the most experience. Everyone just had that drive to succeed. And and I was really excited to. I, I didn't even want to leave. I mean, I felt like. I could have stayed there for three, four more days, but we, we just yeah. had to get back to the business. So Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, I'll tease it a little bit, but I will say this. If <clears throat> it's a high-level mastermind, and it's not, it's not really for like completely green um, investors. I, I, there are a few people in that are pretty green, but I think the criteria for getting in the group has changed a little bit. And this podcast is absolutely not about pr uh, promoting that group. But I will say, if you're at all interested, if it piques your interest, if you have a certain level of success already, just shoot me an email at uh, mike at juststartrealestate.com and I'll I'll, I'll get you information about it, but uh, that's not really what we're here to talk about today. I want to talk about you and your business. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, um, give the the audience a little background on you, where you came from, what you did to get there, and, and sort of how the real estate thing came about for you. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I I went to college for as an engineer in uh, Georgia Tech, and um, maybe that's where they they think I might be a little bit smart. But um, <laughs> I, I I struggled through there and graduated, and then I, I went into the Navy. So I was a uh, I did ROTC scholarship and uh, got a spot as a pilot. So I, I went to a graduate program up at uh, Dayton, Ohio, and then went down to flight school in Pensacola, Florida. And that was the first time I, I lived in the area where I am now, and I moved around with the Navy probably. Uh, I've probably moved 12 or 13 times in the last 14 years, so I don't really have a home, I don't feel like, so I was just moving around a ton. And 
um, I, I really got into real estate and I was always been a saver. So I've always saving my money. And my dad kind of drove that into me from when I was really young. I think I started my IRA when I was uh, 11 years old. Um, <laughs> and then it's just been maxing it out every year since then. So nice. um, and always kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit also. So I remember uh, when I was in elementary school, I'd show up early to school with um, like a, a box of gum and candy and stuff. And I'd, I'd buy it in bulk from the commissary uh, where the military, where my dad was at. And I'd sell it to the kids for a markup and, and pocket the difference. So uh, <laughs> nice. that's kind of where it started. And it was always something. I'd always have something to do where I try to make money. So nice. um, in 2009, I, I bought my first uh, real house that um, uh, that I was kind of fixed up myself, uh, put some sweat equity into it, and then I moved, so I rented it out. And that was kind of the start. I was was kind of a, a landlord. Every place I would go, I tried to buy a house and, and put some put some sweat equity into it, and then rent it out and, and try to profit from that. Nice. So, uh, so over the past over the past few years, I. Um, I got married, had a baby, and said, I want to retire before I'm 60. So I got all these savings accounts and IRAs and 401ks that I can't tap into until I'm 60. So something's got to give, and the real estate was it was just calling me. I mean, from those houses to uh, to doing our first flip on the last duty station, it just kind of sucked me in. So Nice. Now, so the first really dip, you know, you, you dipped your toe in the pool of real estate through rentals. And and kind of like me, I did the same thing at some point in my life. I was in my mid-30s, and I basically said, I'm never going to be able to retire at this rate. Like, I'm just doing the math here, and it just doesn't work out for me. So um, I went to real estate, but it sounds like you started off as a landlord, really, and now you're a house flipper. Why not just accumulate a bunch of rentals and get the passive income and have that nest egg sort of when you retire? Is it just you didn't want to wait that long? Is it the speed of flipping that, that attracts you? Well, I can tell you, uh, yeah, what attracts me, I, I, I'm attracted by everything real estate. That's one of the problems that I have is uh, <laughs> I see a shiny real estate object and I want to go to. So part of, part of what I need to do is, is just say, say no to some things. And, and I, I, do, I still have rentals and my, my long-term strategy is definitely to uh, accumulate rental properties or, or commercial property that's uh, passively cash flowing for me over time. The flipping really is just to... Um, to kind of build that capital to buy the next rental. So right. I always want to add one or two rentals a year. And my strategy has kind of changed over time. Each year I, I sit down in December and try to see where I see my business going or, or where the future is. And, and I just try to change with the market and also with, with what my goals are financially for the future. Nice. So when exactly did you flip your first house again? If you said I missed. Yeah, it was, um, it was about a little over two years ago. So, okay. um, with you know, I have a full time job, and uh, I don't know if we mentioned that, but I'm still in the Navy active duty. Um, so I'm a flight instructor down here in Pensacola. So I've been bouncing around all the time in new markets. So I was in a Southern Maryland market as a test pilot there in Patuxent River, Maryland, and I uh, had had some time uh, in the evenings and and weekends and I said well I bought a, just bought a rental and I'm watching the market and I said man there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity here for to flip a house, and I just found one and said, "Hey, let's try this." You know, I've been adding rentals and doing all my own work, and I said, "I, I think we can try it," and we ended up being very successful. It, that was in um, uh, 2013. So. Okay. Yeah, and we really didn't uh, dig too deeply into the whole um, Navy pilot thing, which is 
cool as heck. I mean, it's just awesome. Now, are you? I, I think you may have mentioned while we were together for those few days. Is this civilians you're training to to fly, or is this military? No, all military. So we. Okay. Uh, right is this here, like Top Gun? Am I literally talking to like a Top Gun instructor? No, no, okay. no, no. Top, Top Gun is a much higher level. Uh, <laughs> okay. what, what you see, what we what we do here in Pensacola is just a primary flight instruction. So the first time, really, these students are flying airplanes. Gotcha. Um, they all come to Pensacola. We have Navy, Marine Corps, uh, Air Force. Uh, we have. I, I just, in fact, I flew today with uh, two Norwegian students. Uh, they were uh, they're they're my my students to kind of get to their first solo. So they fly with us for, for the first about eight or nine months of their flight career, and then they go to an advanced training, uh, whether that be helicopters, jets, or uh, or big rotary aircraft or um, fixed wing aircraft. Yeah, that is, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but it's just it's so cool to like know someone who flies planes. I don't know why I just think it's cool. It, what's harder to fly, by the way, a plane or a, a helicopter? Oh man, you might lose half your listeners depending on how I answer this. Um, I would say I think I think a helicopter is more difficult to fly. It's more inputs, um, really? and it definitely definitely creates. I think it's a lot harder to be a great helicopter pilot, um, and it, it takes it takes a lot of effort. And uh, you're, you're never. It's rare that you're flying them by yourself. Um, typically, you have another. At least us in, in America, uh, some of the other countries fly with uh, uh, like a flight officer and. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, both both challenging, both uh, different skill sets. And, and um, I, I, when I was in England, I loved flying the helicopter with um, with a fixed wing guy who had never flown a helicopter before because they really get humbled when they get into a helicopter and realize they can't do it. No kidding, that's interesting. I would have assumed a helicopter is easier based on nothing, but I'm just I don't know. Why. It just seems like I don't. Know, it just seems like when you see people flying planes, it seems like there's more prep. It's bigger. It's more intimidating. You watch like movies, and it seems like any Joe Schmo can jump in a helicopter and, and sort of muddle their way through it. Well, hey, come on down, Mike, and we can, uh, <laughs> we can try them both out. I know that's what I'm egging you on to. I want to go. I want to get into a helicopter. Well, you've heard it. Let's get on. Come on down here. We'll get it done. All right. You've you you no. My audience has heard it because I will fly down there to do that. You'll be surprised. Um, All right. Awesome. Well, so you flipped your first house a few years ago. What I'm curious about, and I think. You know, like I said, you're a smart guy, but I want to know how did you know? How did you know how to figure out after repair? How did you know how to figure out what the renovations would be? Find your contractors, like all these things that that keep people from actually doing the business. How did you get past all those hurdles? Right. So, I'm I'm a numbers guy. I'm an engineer. Um, so the, the numbers came. I could I could kind of see the numbers. Um, once I understood what I'm looking for. So what I did was uh, I, I just read a lot. I read a lot of books. I studied. I probably had that. Um, uh, I, I didn't really get that analysis paralysis thing. But yeah. what I did get was um, I, I found I was just I was getting inundated with different numbers and equations. And and I, I wasn't really sure exactly what to do. But I knew uh, I buy it. I fix it. I sell it, and there's a profit in there. So, man, that is that is so that's so important. It's such a good tip, and it's interesting that you're an engineer and you were able to go. You know what? I don't have to get necessarily bogged down in the exact details. I just know the basics of it, and I'm going to move forward because my experience in, in and I have like I've I've had engineers lend to me. I've worked with engineers in this in this uh, industry, and they tend to be the most 
analytical, obviously, and number crunching, but they can't get past sometimes the numbers because there's too many ways to look at it and analyze it, and they sort of get frozen in that anal, you know, analysis phase. So it's it's awesome and sort of unusual, and it says a lot about you that you didn't because honestly, sometimes you're it's better to be a little ignorant when you're starting out because it makes you a little bit braver and sometimes you don't know what you don't know so you move forward and just sort of have a little bit of faith and you know it, sometimes that's tough when you know too much so it's, it's really good that you're able to do that i totally agree with you i see a lot of the uh, new investors that come in and, and just don't do anything because they're just they need to know more and more and more and i find that the guys they just kind of hit from the start shoot from the hip and realize man, maybe they don't have anything to lose or they're they're not just not scared to get involved those are the ones that become the most successful and you nailed it with the you don't know what you don't know because the guys that you know don't know what they're doing right or wrong sometimes are the guys that become the most successful in this industry so. yeah I, I i totally agree i totally agree so I, you know that's why i i you know at times it sounds terrible but there, at times and this doesn't re, this has nothing to do with our the meeting that we went to but i'm just saying in the industry i go to these rias and things and there are people there that are having a pretty good level of success and not all of them are like, you know, freshly minted from the from MIT. You know what I'm saying? There are, some of them are just regular guys that maybe don't have a lot of education or aren't really super duper intelligent, but they're fearless and they just do it. Right. And, and honestly, you know, being knowing too much sometimes is not a great thing, especially in this industry. So. Um, yeah, I think it's just just having that fearlessness to go out there and do it and not let you know, all of the analysis sort of like take hold of you because I still can get caught in that sometimes if I if I start learning too much about it or too much about a new strategy, I, I tend to overanalyze instead of just pulling the trigger. So it's definitely um, that's really the, the key. Honestly, it's just pulling a trigger and, you know, sort of managing your risk a little bit like, you know, having some sense of what your risk is, obviously, but not letting every possibility hold you back because if every possibility, every negative scenario held you back, you would never do anything, right? You'd never borrow money, you'd never buy a house. Like there's a million things that could happen, but you know, it's sort of like just managing that risk a little bit. Totally agree. Awesome. So two years ago, a couple of years ago, you start you flipped your first house. Um, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you look for when you're flipping a house. I know people are always interested, like what is, what is your criteria? What is it that you won't buy? And I know it's sometimes area specific, right? Cause it, like in Michigan, it's pretty important to have a basement. A lot of investors won't even look at a house that doesn't have a basement. Obviously California, you know, nobody has a basement, um, nor where they want one. So, um, maybe those things are kind of specific, but in general, what criteria are you looking for when you're evaluating a house? And by the way, where are you buying your houses from? Is it MLS? Is it direct marketing? What, what are you doing that? Well, so I've, I've kind of shifted a little bit. Previously, I've, I've bought a lot of, uh, foreclosures and, uh, and just off the MLS. In fact, right now I have a house under contract that's, uh, was a divorce situation on the MLS, and I was just comping a property that was sent to me uh, directly from uh, networking, and I saw a house that was undervalued, and I made an offer. So I, I kind of am, but my my business is shifting a lot more to direct mail and direct to sellers because there's a lot of competition in my market for those foreclosures, and, and with having a full-time job, I'm just not able to get to them as quick, and, um, and I found that uh, it seems like th their prices are just going up and, and people are just paying more to find these properties on the MLS. So yeah. I'm really focusing on direct mail this year and, and finding our own properties. 
and also, you know, uh, leveraging on that wholesaling to, um, to, to bring in some more profit for the business to drive that marketing. So nice. Um, but to answer your other question about, um, about what I look for is, uh, I, I haven't ever really been scared of much. It seems the first house I bought had, uh, termites eating the wood floors when I opened the door and about a foot of water in the basement. And uh, that was like music to my ears because no one else wanted to make an offer. It seemed. Yeah. So I, I bought that one off an auction website. And then, um, and then now down here in Florida, I, I really, I've always kind of wanted to have a fallback exit strategy at, at least, at least two and maybe more. So when I, when I buy the properties, I want to make sure that they would make a good rental for my portfolio in the event that they don't, um, they don't sell quickly because I don't really just want the house to sit on the market. If I buy it cheap enough and I put a, a nice renovation on it and it doesn't sell, I can, I can rent it out and just refinance my cash back out of it. So that's, that's one of the things that I really look for in all of my flips. If the numbers don't work as a rental, then I'm not really interested in flipping it. And some of that comes into what I see as kind of speculation. So if I'm looking for that really high ARV in a market that's really hot, um, where the rental prices are really low, I, I tend to stay out of that market. I, I prefer something that I can find in an area that would make a good rental. And I know typically if the numbers work as a flip, in those areas, they work as the rental, no problem. Okay, okay, and that that is really smart. I, I, again, some of this stuff is is specific to the area, like we talked about, right? Um, yeah. I think sometimes in California, it doesn't work as rental, even if it doesn't. You know, if you don't sell, it's not always a good rental play, just because of the price of houses there. But um, yeah, having that second strategy, and I know guys in Michigan here, I don't, I'm not flipping anymore, which my audience kind of knows, but. Um, you can flip here and then hold as a rental if it doesn't work out for in a lot of cases. So having that second exit strategy, man, I mean, how many safeguards do you need? Plus it's real estate and we all know real estate can go down in value, but um, you know, I, there's not a lot of real estate that loses its value completely and never rebounds, right? So it's sort of one of those things that it's a fairly safe investment and if you have more than one exit strategy, man, you're just really hedging your bet uh, quite well. So, you know, it's, it's not as risky as a lot of people outside of our industry would would think that it is. I mean, it's really, you know, we talked a little bit about this at the mastermind and, and I've mentioned it on this podcast, real estate investing done well, done executed really, really well is usually very boring. It's not it's not an exciting investment. Maybe the first couple is exciting. Um, but if you're doing it right and you're kind of looking at the market and you understand the values and you're you know doing your renovations properly, it's a fairly methodical process. It's not like the shows where there's just a scream match at, you know every time you go to the house and you know the roof's caving in and all this other business. I totally agree. I'm trying to model my business right now where I just am am responsible for acquisitions and I can just hand it off and hopefully never go there again. So. It, it's ex my goal is to make it extremely boring. So <laughs> I'm telling you, boring is good because as soon as it gets exciting in real estate, there's money being lost somewhere, or at least you know money being spent that was unaccounted for. The last thing you want is excitement. I had a little excitement in a house that I was I had on the MLS. We bought it. We were kind of wholetailing it. Uh, my partner and I, Mike, who you know, and uh, we we were we were like one day from set like it was gonna basically close i think the next day or the day after like we were within 24 to 48 hours and in the final walkthrough we realized there was six inches of water in the entire it was a it's a ranch and with no basement so the whole house was just flooded and it's like you know the buyer of course isn't gonna close at that point so 
Uh, just to, you know, that's the most excitement I've had for a while, and and it wasn't fun. I really like it when the phone's not ringing about any house that I have uh, that I own. So uh, excitement is usually not what you want. Agreed. Especially as a landlord, right? If you don't hear from your tenants for a year, but the the the, the rent comes in on time, how great is that? That's what I love about the rentals that I that I hold is, uh, and I I say this now, my phone's probably going to ring while we're on this call, but <laughs> exactly, I I. I I just try to screen the tenants and get really good people in there and, and just the phone just doesn't ring and I love it. Nice. I love that too. All right. So I want to ask you and I ask a lot of my guests, that's not all of them, but if you knowing what you know, right? So now you do know what you do know. If you could rewind the clock six years and, and start your real estate investing over again, what would you do differently? If anything, what, what would you, what would be your plan of attack from day one? Cool. That's a tough one. So <clears throat> six years ago was a great time to buy. So I would be I would be trying to buy property. But six years ago, I probably wouldn't know that. So I, what I would do is I, I would have done a lot of the same things. I would have. I'm the kind of guy I need to educate myself first. So I would have educated myself. Um, if if I didn't know anything, I would have spent a lot of time in my RIA networking with people and try to try to get on with someone. And it, it really would depend. Also, do I do I have money? Don't I have money? Those sure. kind of things. Um, if I have money, I would I would act. If I didn't have money, I would. Uh, but I had time. Uh, I would spend a lot of time with the guy who's killing it. I would just try to buy him lunch. I'd try to go, um, you know, go on some appointments with him. I try to go to his houses. I try to find out what he knows that is making him so successful, him or her so successful. And and I, I even try to do that now. You know, I try to surround myself with the people that really know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, and and it just it just kind of you know trickles down to you. Um, so that's, that's probably how I would handle it and, and see the market. But really, I think the biggest thing is I would try to find my unfair advantage. And I I don't know where I heard that, but I love it because, uh, a lot of people have different things going on. Some, like I don't have a lot of time, you know, so someone's unfair advantage might be that they don't have a job and they have a lot of time. If someone just came to me and said, all I have is time, what can I do for you? I'll work for free. If you just show me the ropes, like I would love that. And, and other people have money or other people have access to money or other people have the knowledge, you know, that unfair advantage in your market is really what you want to leverage. And then you can kind of just flex your business towards that unfair advantage that you have over everybody else in your market. And yeah. that's, that's where you just kind of attack the, the market and, and build your business from. So I love that. And I'm, I, I, I just, sometimes I feel like I can hear my audience asking questions like in their car driving right now. And I know if I were new, you said something that I would have wanted to dig deeper into. So I'm going to ask you, okay. um, you said if you were new and, and did, or if someone came to you and said, I have nothing but time, I have no job. I want to learn. I'll work for free. Give me some examples of how you might utilize a person like that. The reason I'm asking is because I tell people that all the time. Network, take people out to lunch, and find out how you can be of value to them. And then the next question is always, well, I don't know. I don't know how I could be of value. What are some examples of something you might do with a motivated person who has nothing but time and wants to learn and help in any way they can? Yeah, so <clears throat> what I would do with them is I would say, look, here, here's a couple strategies where you don't have any money and this is how you can go find a deal. So number one, I would try to get them to, to think about dealing with people and think about you know how would I talk to a seller and be in more of a sales role because they don't have any money, they're gonna be going around um, 
typically a few things they could do. Drive for dollars. I would t- t- kind of tell them what to look for in a house and just drive around and write down a bunch of addresses. Yep. Write a handwritten letter, maybe give them an example of some of the ones that I've done in the past and send them a letter with their phone number on it saying, please call me. I want to buy your house for cash. Uh, the other things they could do is just call on kind of for sale by owners or even for rent to try to see if those people want to sell. The biggest thing that I would try to get that person to do is bring me a deal. So bring me something that that we can go to and just find somebody that's motivated to sell their house yeah. for some reason. And it, it, they may not even know it's a deal, but uh, as far as the numbers go, because they just don't know. So probably just break down some simple numbers for them and say, this is what it looks like. This is kind of what a deal is. Go out and just talk to people and spend time uh, driving around, looking for addresses, writing them down, calling on signs. Just find something. Then bring it to me. We'll work it together. You know, I'll, I'll basically yeah. show you how I go from point A to the end. And, and here's the numbers. Here's how it works. Come out to me with me on some appointments. You'll see how I talk to them and, and go from there. I mean, really, if they add some value somehow... And whatever, different people have different business models, so maybe it's something different for somebody else. But for me, it would just be, you know, kind of, you know, just bring me something. Bring me a deal and we'll work it together, you know. I, I'm not going to take it from you. Uh, yeah. You know, your time is worth it and let's, let's split the profits or let's see how we can work together. Nice. I like that. And that's key. Knowing knowing how to position yourself to be of value to someone who's doing what you want to be doing in your industry. I mean, that's the key to it, right? I mean, if you don't have the money and the knowledge and you have time, utilize it because there's one thing that we can't buy and that's time, right? You, you just you just there's you can't create necessarily more time in your day. You have things going on during the day. If you had somebody on your team that said, I'll just, I'll, I'll work for you during the day, whatever you need me to do. How great is that? So, you know, people think sometimes they don't have the money and the knowledge. Nobody would want anything from them. It's not true. Your time might be more valuable than the knowledge. They have the knowledge, right? So what do they need? It's either money or time or both. And, and, and just that time, you just can't buy it. So I think that's a super, super good advice. So for beginners, somebody who wants to get started in real estate, right? They don't know anything. They don't necessarily want to work for you or me or, or somebody else. They just want to get started. What do, you, what do you tell them? I'm sure that people ask you in, in all the time, how do you get started in real estate? I know you have a blog on your website. We'll talk about that a little bit here in a minute. But what, what general advice do you give people who are kind of new and, and want to know how they can kind of get themselves going in the industry? I, I think it's I think it's very similar to what I said before. I think uh, okay. I think they need to get involved, get yeah. involved, Rhea, educate themselves a little bit. Um, and, and we, you know, I don't want to waver back and forth on you don't know what you don't know versus go out and educate yourself. I mean, really, you got to learn kind of what, what do you want to do in this industry? Um, you know, learn, talk to some people, get out there and network. And, and in order to, to get started, they just need to act, you know, yeah. don't, stop thinking about it. Stop staying at home, reading books. Um, at some point, you got to put the book down, stop learning and, and go out and do something. And really, that's just go out to the RIA. I mean, my, I, I try to set up a, a once a month meeting here in, in Pensacola, trying to just get people to come out and just talk about talk about what we're doing, even if they're brand new. You know how how can I how can I do this? What can I do? And and just you know take the information from those other investors that are successful in your market and, and get out there and 
and, and act on it. I love it. And that's, you know, it's funny when I was trying to come up with a, a name for my podcast and what I really believed and what I wanted new people to, to take from it. And, and that's why I named it Just Start Real Estate, because I really advocate for people to just just start like don't don't think about it anymore. If you've read a couple of books or you've you know done a little research, just that that's good for now. Just just start, take action, and get out there and do something. Because honestly, it's it's the action takers that end up being successful. Like we talked about earlier, it's not the people who read the most books. Uh, it's not the people who who went to the you know most amount of rias. Although those things are important in the beginning, the most important thing is action, right? And, and really, the action in the beginning is reading a book or going to a ria. But shortly thereafter. You need to be looking for deals. You need to be putting in offers and you need to be finding the people in your market that are just killing it and aligning yourself with them and becoming valuable to them. You do those few things, you, you will find success. I really believe that. I really do. Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I will say that I, I'm trying to think back to the first RIA meeting I went to and I didn't really know what it was. I I had four rental houses and a, I had flipped a house before I went to a RIA. <laughs> so now I'm thinking... Man, maybe my advice is not sound. Maybe you just got to do it, and uh, and then you know uh, s- stop worrying about what everybody else is doing and do something. But you know, I, I had some some different unfair advantages where I just went, I just educated myself and just went out and did it. So yeah, and you know, the thing too is, I think where people get caught up in the beginning is everything doesn't have to be sequential. You can do things simultaneously. You can you know plan to go to your first RIA, and if it's three weeks away start some other action like don't wait for that before you do the next thing right just you can things can be simultaneous you know be aggressive about it uh, you know like justin williams uh, uh, which we both know you know fail fast is his big you know mantra is just get out there and and, and take action because you're going to screw stuff up a little bit here and there uh but get past that right get out there and start making decisions and realize where you're right and where you're wrong and, and go on from there but i yeah. love that fail fast because i i i screw something up every time I, I fail on every everything that I've ever done has never been perfect so yeah totally yeah uh, I mean, it, it, everything from real estate to the rest of my life so it's you're gonna screw something up just just try not to do it twice absolutely absolutely I flipped houses for seven years and I had a house that I owned um, that I was telling you about that flooded didn't turn the water off in the winter time now Florida and California probably it's it's not a big deal here in Michigan you should if nobody's in the house you should you should turn off the water in the wintertime. I didn't do that and flooded the whole house. So it's like, you know, I still make mistakes too. We all do. But, but that's how you get where, you, you know, that's how you get, that's how you become successful. Every, every successful guy's either, you know, made it and lost it or had a couple of setbacks along the way. It, it just, it's part of it and you have to weather it and, and move on. Definitely. Awesome, man. Well, listen, it was awesome talking to you. Before we go, though, I do want to talk. You have a blog at blackjackre.com, correct? That's correct, yeah. Okay. All right, I, I, I definitely suggest you guys go check that out. Read the articles he has on there. They're phenomenal. Uh, the last one you wrote, I think, was about the mastermind that we were discussing. Uh, really good article, but there's just a lot of great stuff on there, good content. Obviously, uh, you're buying houses down there in Florida, so there's information on there about how to contact you if uh, if somebody has a house to sell down there, uh, if there's somebody listening that has a house and they want to sell it. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's, it's all good stuff. Uh, like I said, your contact information is on there if people want to talk to you. Just a really, really sharp guy in the industry and you can't know too many sharp guys in the industry it's just you know it's just a pleasure uh having met you and and having you on the podcast so thanks for doing this absolutely mike thanks for having me i really enjoyed it yep no problem and we will talk to you very soon all right thanks yeah bye-bye 
Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. This, you know, I try to bring it in every single episode. Hopefully, this one was no exception and you actually got a lot of content out of it, like I really think that you did. Thanks for tuning in again. I really appreciate it. And remember, I am doing a ton of wholesaling in my market and I'm super pumped about it. If you're ever looking for properties where you're getting that evasive, elusive, that, you know, mystical 2% rule in your portfolio, let me tell you something. My my market has it like crazy. I am finding the most incredible rental properties every single day for, for investors and landlords in my area. If you have any interest in that, give me a shout. Contact me at mike at juststartrealestate.com. Let me know what you're looking for. You can get directly onto our buyers list if you go to my website at webuyroi.com. That's www we buy b u y r o i .com you can sign up for a buyers list you can see everything that we're getting under contract take a look at it anything interests you give me a call i'd be happy to hear from you so once again thanks for joining me on this episode it was awesome i appreciate it very much okay until next time if investing in real estate is your dream there's only one way you can make it a reality just start <laughs>